Welcome to the Clovercrest Baptist Church podcast. For more information about Clovercrest Baptist Church, go to clovercrest.com.au. How are we going, everyone? Good, good to be with you today. I wanted to let you know at a 9am gathering, we had um, some members from the Labor Party visit, and it's always great to have people from all sides of uh, politics come and visit Clovey, and, and we uh, certainly uh, respect and pray, and I hope you do as well, uh, for our members of uh, Parliament in, in terms of uh, all across the uh, political uh, spectrum. I wanted to uh, also just in that, you know, it's really important uh, to just um, share and be really overt that, you know, we don't endorse any particular party here at Clovey. Uh, we uh, respect and pray for all of our uh, politicians. And in many ways, as a church environment, we are non-political, we're apolitical in that way. Uh, leading up to the state election that's coming in March, uh, I did write a letter to uh, both uh, parties, both major parties, and I shared with them the things that we do around here at Clovey. I thought it would be a good opportunity to do that. And I shared with them some of the great things that happen here at Clovercrest and also across the road at Pathway. And I asked them a question. I said, if um, you know, you'd be willing, would there be any, op- any opportunity for any assistance uh, in terms of two projects that we have on the go? And we have the auditorium upgrade, which is going to be a really significant project for us uh, next year. And we've got the Pathway uh, Pergola project, which is across the road. And we're going to be doing some internal fit-out and, and a pergola uh, that we've uh, already raised some money for in this year's Heart for the House. So it's not a surprise uh, for us there. And I asked them if they would be willing to assist us in those uh, projects. I just thought I'd ask the question. And I received a really favourable and uh, positive reply from both parties, both affirming the work of Clovercrest in the community and also Pathway uh, and how we seek to enrich and make uh, the the, the local community a better place through our presence in the community, which is a wonderful thing. And I hope, church, that you feel that affirmation uh, from uh, those in government uh, around what what we do. Uh, I'm here um, today just to let you know, and you'll receive an email if you call Clovey home about this today as well, that the Labor Party have uh, announced that they would like to support us if elected in next year's uh, election. And I say that walking this uh, line where we don't endorse any particular party and that we are non-political. So um, we're very grateful that they would announce that and very grateful that they would see the benefit that we provide uh, in the local community. Um, But I say that and we have... um, we have thanked them in that way with the full knowledge and, and being completely clear that I would say to you today, and you'll receive an email about this, that um, you need to seek the Lord and do your homework and vote next year's election um, based on your uh, personal conscience. And uh, that's the way it's always been. It's the way it will continue to be uh, into the future. Now, we're actually really grateful for both state and uh, federal governments who have provided uh, a significant amount of funding into the life of the church. Uh, many different projects uh, that we uh, have had here uh, have been supported by both uh, state and federal uh, governments. This one's a bit unusual in uh, the fact that it's being announced ahead of time. So I wanted you to know that. Um, you received an email about that. Uh, if you would like to know anything else uh, about that, then please uh, let me know. But just want to reiterate uh, that we don't endorse any particular party uh, here at Clovey. Uh, we respect and pray for all of our politicians, and I trust that you will know that is the case. But let's pray for our leaders. Let's do that now. Lord, we want to thank you uh, so much for uh, the political leaders in our state and in our nation. 
And today, Lord, we pray a blessing upon them. Uh, Lord, we pray that you'll bless them in their work. Lord, you'll bless their families. Uh, Lord, and I ask that they'll continue to have wisdom in how to lead both our state and our nation. Uh, Particularly, Lord, through these uh, tricky times that we've had these last couple of years. We thank you so much uh, for uh, great leadership. And we ask, Lord, this will continue uh, into the future. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I know that borders are beginning to open up. And uh, for some of you, you might be dreaming about places that you haven't been in a very long time. Might be, you know, kind of in Australia, or some of you might be thinking, oh, you know what, oh, I can't wait to jump on a plane and go back to, you know, said destination, you know, that it, you really would love to go to. Some of you might not be having those thoughts at all. <laughs> you might, but for, for many, they're starting, you know, you'll be starting to think about, you know, what might be next uh, for you in, in sort of a travel sort of way. So I thought, I would take you to a place which I think is quite beautiful. It's the South Island of New Zealand, and it's a place um, just before you get to Milford Sound. And I don't know if you've been there, but this place is called the Mirror Lakes. And uh, a little while ago for Michelle's 40th, we got to spend some time in New Zealand, and we went out to Milford Sound. But one of the great surprises was this place is on the drive out to, uh, to Milford Sound. It's called the Mirror Lakes. And it was such a peaceful place. We stopped there for a little while and we spent some time there. And it was one of those places where you just felt peaceful. I don't know if you've got a place like that, a place where you uh, have peace and you sense peace, a place that you go to. It might be, uh, you know, locally, you know, around where you live, it might be a certain track or a place or it might be, you know, a certain environment, but where you experience peace. And what's really interesting about that is I think that, if we're honest, we don't get many of those moments in life. In some ways, it feels like we are living in a fairly full, a noisy world that isn't really that peaceful. You know, especially now we're leading up to Christmas and consider maybe your calendar for the next four or five weeks as we lead into Christmas, end of year breakups, family get-togethers, shopping for presents. You know, you think about uh, all the things that fill your life and sometimes our lives can feel pretty full and pretty noisy and there isn't necessarily always a lot of peace. I don't know if you can relate. Or even maybe just think about these last couple of years and maybe... You know, with COVID and the different restrictions that we've lived through, uh, maybe these moments of peace have not felt very often at all. It might be during this time there's been an extra stress, whether, you know, mentally or relationally, financially. It might be that there's certain environments that you felt haven't been super safe for you and there hasn't been a lot of peace. I spoke last week about a couple of things that I'd been noticing Uh, in our society more in general, a decrease in tolerance for a view that is different to maybe our our own. It seems like the the grace has become less in terms of uh, being able to wrestle things through towards unity. And with that's become also maybe a lack of resilience as people have become more tired uh, as this uh, pandemic has continued to uh, be in our world. Maybe as well, you know, you've learned how to work from home. Or maybe you've learned to work from anywhere. So now you're all connected up. You know, your phone knows how to connect your emails and, and wherever you are, it doesn't matter. You just, you can dial into work and all of a sudden you're thinking, hang on a sec, the boundaries of my life have become so blurry, I don't actually know where the peace is anymore. 
And we know for young people today, in this day and age, it's pretty tricky to grow up being connected online all the time. And we know cyberbullying is a real issue. And you could ask the question, where is the peace? Where is the peace? I wonder if that's a question that you've asked in recent times. You know, sometimes when we think of peace, uh, we can see it maybe as the absence of something, like the absence of conflict or, or the absence of war. But actually, when we start to talk about peace from a, a biblical perspective and God's view on peace, it's actually far richer and more encompassing than just the absence of war and conflict. You know, peace, which is the a Hebrew word is shalom. God's shalom, his peace, is, expresses God's desire for a society marked by justice for all, universal well-being and right relationships between a creator God, um, his created humanity, and creation. Essentially, God's peace, God's shalom, is the way things should be under the created order of God. Shalom's broad and deep in its expression about God's desire for a person's well-being. And it's quite integrated and holistic. Shalom looks at health, prosperity, security, friendship, and even salvation. It's the restoration of broken relationships. Another word for it might be rightness, being in right relationship with God and with other. And actually, this um, biblical vision of shalom, God's peace, is all the way through the arc of Scripture. Uh, From creation through to Jesus returning again, shalom is embedded all the way and through the narrative of Scripture. Think about the creation story. The very first act of creation, the Garden of Eden, before sin came into this world, was actually a place of shalom. Or what about the story of Israel? You know, God's desire to be in right relationship with His people. And He made covenants time and time again to be in that right relationship. Um, Numbers 6, 24 to 26 says, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face toward you and give you peace. Give you peace. And the psalmist in Psalm 29, 11 says, The Lord give, gives strength to His people and the Lord blesses His people with peace. So from creation through the Old Testament, the story uh, of God and the Israelite people, and then to the person and the work of Jesus, who we're going to explore a little bit together today, all the way through to Jesus returning and coming again. Shalom, God's peace, a full vision of what uh, the, the world and God's connection to His people is about. Theologian Cornelius Plantinga defines sin as the vandalism of God's shalom. And we know this from our own lives and the world in which we live in. It's like sin and brokenness and it separates us from God and it rubs off God's peace. It's like it rubs off his shalom in our world. But what Jesus did was Jesus came from heaven to earth to bring, to put back together what had been broken. And Jesus came as the Prince of Peace. And he ushered in, he planted seeds of the kingdom of peace with his ministry here on earth. And in his ministry, you think about how Jesus brought in peace and brought in shalom. He cared for the whole person. And we see this in the different miracles that he performed, how he healed people, how he fed people. Think about the 
the people that he spent time with. Jesus spent time with kids. He spent time with the sick. He spent time with women, people in the first century who, whose status wasn't elevated. All were pushed to the margins for different reasons. And he actually came in and brought peace into those environments. And he chose a pathway of nonviolence, which was different to the Savior and the Messiah. The Israelites thought that they were going to have to bring them freedom. He ushered in this kingdom of peace. And he spent time with his disciples and he spent time teaching the masses. And maybe his most famous message was the Sermon on the Mount from Matthew 5 to Matthew 7. And he says this in relation to peace. It says, you have heard that, you have heard that it was said, eye for an eye or tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. If anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. You've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. See, Jesus chose the way to bring life and hope. He was full of grace and mercy and he chose the way of peace. The road of peace is what he chose. And going towards his death, he was speaking to his disciples about peace some more. In John 14, he says this in verses 26 to 29. He says, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You've heard me say, I'm going away and I'm coming back to you. And if you loved me, you'd be glad that I'm going to the Father. For the Father is greater than I. And I have told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. So what Jesus is doing here is he's sitting down with his crew, his disciples, and he's teaching them about what is going to happen as he goes to the cross and moving into the future. And he says the Holy Spirit will teach them and remind them of all the things that Jesus has taught them. And he says that his peace, his peace, God's shalom, he leaves it with them and he gives it to them. Verse 27. And he says, so you don't need to be afraid because you're going to have God's peace with you. And I wonder today, in the situation and the life and the times that we find ourselves in, maybe more specifically, the situations that you bring to mind, maybe your experiences even of this last week, I wonder if you need to hear from God today. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. In what situations in your life today do you need to hear that? God saying to you, my peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. See, Jesus planted these seeds of peace and he's in the kingdom of God, but he awaited this second coming when he returns, when he says in verse 28, when he comes back to us again. And when we reflect on God's shalom, God's peace, which is a society marked by justice for all, universal well-being and right relationships between creator God, his humanity and creation. To be honest, it's pretty impossible not to have this conversation and not think about all the areas in life that we don't live up to this vision. 
that we fall short of this biblical vision. Maybe in our own lives, we can think of situations where we fall short of this. And then when we look at society at large and we just struggle to think, how can we see this to happen? And I think it's really important that we acknowledge the place in which we live as well. You see, Jesus has won the victory on the cross, but he's saying that he's coming again. And and we live in this time that we call the now, but the not yet. You can see on the screen that we're living in this present age. Jesus has won the victory, but we're awaiting him to return again in the age to come. And we live in that middle bit where the now, but the not yet. And maybe another way to consider this a little bit more is thinking about the first Christmas all those years ago with Mary being becoming pregnant to giving birth. Becoming pregnant, you know, that was, uh, that was a, a now moment for Mary. A very much a now moment for Mary. She was told that she was going to become pregnant, the Messiah, his name was Jesus. Like It was all re- very real. But it was a not yet moment until she actually gave birth on that Christmas day. And, it, and that's, that, that time is the time really uh, that we are living in now. Jesus has won the victory, but he's going to return again. And in some ways we are uh, his, his messengers of peace, but we're living in this noisy and troubled world. And we have to acknowledge where we are in all of that. Peace is here, but it comes with a fight as we live in this noisy and troubled world. And I think this is the thought. This is the game-changing thought for us to consider as people who are children of God and followers of Jesus. And it is this, that we have His peace with us and in us. That you have God's peace with you and in you. And we are carriers and we are vessels of His peace. This is really a transformational thought to consider in your life that you have God's peace with you and in you. And you get to pass that peace on to others through your presence and through your words and through how you conduct yourself and through how you, um, how you live in, with your family, your friends, in your street, in your workplace, in your school and all the places that you are, that we are God's vessels of peace. And when I think about what we do across the road at Pathway and think about how the fact that we day in, day out, continually serve people, uh, the poor and the marginalised in our community and all across Adelaide, you've got to ask yourself, why do we do that? Well, because we want, God, we want people to know God's peace. We want people to come into relationship with God, to be restored, to, to have this sense of rightness in their world. That's exactly why We do it because we understand that we take God's peace with us and we want to make the world in which we live in a better place. With Michelle asking us to hold up this invitation and consider who it is that we can be inviting along to our carol service, it's so very important to consider this because we have an opportunity to pass God's peace on to others. I think in our day and age, a carol service with a gospel message speaking about the hope of Jesus and and, and his salvation and the coming of the king is so, so important. As our society becomes more secularized and people don't grow up with a framework of faith, these sorts of events are so, so important. So this invitation that you have is your opportunity to invite someone to actually come and learn about God's peace, his shalom, and for them to be invited into that. Maybe if we lift our eyes and think a little bit more further around the globe, one of the scariest things 
that I learned in recent times as we engage in the ping pongathon is that there's still 40 million modern day slaves in our world today, more than in any time in history. And yes, we played ping pong for 24 hours, which is sort of like a, a way to build awareness because people are like, why did you do that? And also to raise funds through our relational networks. Why? Because we want people to know God's peace. We don't want there to be 40 million slaves around the world. We want people to be freed. We want God's shalom to be present in the lives of those that don't necessarily have that opportunity. Here at Clover, we raised over $17,000 for 170 players uh, participated in it here at Clovey. And that literally will free 11 people from slavery. Nationally, uh, in, in Australia in 2021, over $350,000 was raised. And that means around 238 people through the work of International Justice Mission will be freed from slavery. Oh, that's incredible. But, but why do we do that? I'm guessing, you know, we all have probably better things, you know, or, or, or more pressing things to put our attention to, but yet we prioritize it. Why? Because we are vessels of God's peace. We pass his peace on to others. It changes how we live and what we value and the decisions that we make because we know that God has deposited his peace into us and we pass that on to others. Think about how you spend your time. Think about that maybe the career that you have and why you do that. And maybe it's because God has put His peace in you and you have this opportunity to pass that peace on to others. So we have His peace in us and we take it with us. What does this look like in your life, in your day-to-day life? You know, following His resurrection, He speaks of peace again to His disciples. And Jesus says this, He says, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. And if you do not forgive them, they're not forgiven. So he greets them post-resurrection and he begins by saying, peace, God, shalom. He's with them. He's the Prince of Peace. He's defeated death and he's passing on this to his disciples. And he sends them. He sends them with the peace of God in them to be involved in kingdom initiatives into the future. So we are vessels of shalom. We have His peace and we carry His peace as children of God, followers of Jesus. In many ways, you could say we reflect His peace. A bit like the mirror lake that I saw in New Zealand that you can see here. We reflect God's peace. And maybe the question for us is, are we reflecting His peace as we live for Him? Will you stand with me? Let's pray together.